Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. No Stephen this week, so again you are subjected to the podcast king, as I like to refer to myself. The king of podcast king land. King of come, tank, come closer, Rory. You, there I'm we not go. This there side of go. the desk, I'm being on this check, side for a while. Check, yeah, yeah, we didn't check this side because uh, I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so here we are. The 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 nights have drawn in. It's very dark outside, um, and it kind of reflects the situation another dreadful result at the weekend and um, we're joined by george colton of the times and other things probably no no just the times then mainly the times mainly the, the times. times happy halloween it's halloween here every week obviously yeah but, uh, <laughs> but speaking of halloween uh, chris thompson's here with his uh <laughs> thank you very very terrifying just general yeah just general vibe yeah. Yeah, that he's you. got going on. Yeah. He was here the other week, so he's oh, back again. I'm in no he's already mood. plugged his book then, so he can't do it tonight. Um, oh, that's the rules. So give anyway, give him one away free tonight, though. So should well, we? not tonight. Next week, that's going to be next week. Oh, it's going to be next week. Yeah, right. So oh, that's that's good plug, though. Good yeah, trail. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we will be giving away one of Chris's books because um, he can't sell them. But um, yeah, <laughs> they'll yeah. be give, that one of them will be given away next week. But yes, well, don't even know where to start. Just the same, isn't it? It's the same, <laughs> same thing. Sunderland are not very good at football. That's, that's it. I think we can yeah. go home after yeah. that, can't discuss, we? Discuss, discuss. I mean, we had a chat, didn't we, before the game, George? Um, and you know, talking about Sunderland need to find a way to try and get that a result at the weekend, and just to tr- get things going. Even though it's a, a tough game against Arsenal, and it just it went kind of the way we all expected it to go. Yes, um, and I suppose within the kind of context of the game, having sort of weathered that storm and got back to one all, for what to happen after that was pretty pretty miserable. I mean, Arsenal should have been out of sight, really, shouldn't they? But um, were very, very Arsenal-y. It was like distillation of Arsenal, mm. that, that, you know, going a goal ahead but not not making the most of their chances. And Fully then, concentrated Sunderland though, double strength. It was, it was absolute yeah. distillation I, of... Per- yes, it was... One of those things you get in the little <laughs> squeezy things now, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, strong yeah, Sunderland yeah. were. If, if you would... If you would Broken Sunderland into a million bits, mixed it with water, and then boiled it down. That was pure Sunderland, really, mm. wasn't it? And it's um, yeah, and and to kind of give it away, well, not give it away, but for it to kind of all fall apart like that was very depressing and unfortunately very familiar. And it leaves the club in a very difficult and again familiar place. I mean, it just feels like we're talking about the same thing uh, year after year after well, year after year. Three and a half years I've been doing this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it's three and a half years, but we yeah. pretty much is the same conversation. Every I mean, week. And there are there are there are there are shades of sewage 
and um, <laughs> it's and uh, the difference this time is that the club have have sort of valiantly attempted to do something for the long term, recognise that they have to get out of the cycle that they've been in, and of course here we here we still are in exactly the same position, and that's it does feel painful after what happened last season, the momentum that was that was there under Sam um, before he left for. England, that's worked out brilliantly. Um, and there's a real sort of problem now because, and sorry, I know we're moving along away from no, the game a bit, right. but we don't want to talk about the, the game. There, there, there is a there's a there's a problem for the club because having said that they've done something for the for the long term, the, the question now is whether this long term is actually the wrong term, and that doesn't make any sense, but it does rhyme. So I'm sticking with yeah. that. I'm sticking with that. Yeah. And I think that I think that sounds quite clever. I'm probably spoiling it by talking about it. But the point the point is there. If if you know Moyes is obviously a good manager. He's proved he's proved that at Everton. He seems like a decent man. Um, but if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit. And the question is, do they stick? Do they twist? Do they wait? Do they hope? What happen, You know what happens, and it's it's very very depressing to be talking in those terms because clearly what the club need is foundations, but if they're the wrong foundations, what do you well, do? Well, I mean, I mean your point on Moisev being a very good manager and that it's justifiable on his record, but I mean I don't know what you think, Chris. Is he still a very good manager? Football moves on quickly. I think the influx of foreign managers, foreign players into the English game, and the way the game is. And the cutthroat nature of it in terms of results, I think it, the game moves on a lot a lot quicker than it used to in England now. It, it seems as though there's you know a trend for eighteen months. I think you think if you look at somebody prime example of you know Roberto Martinez and then Gus Poyet as examples where where at Sunderland Poyet probably tried to do something that would have worked. A while ago, and we kind of late to the party, and then you look at someone like Martinez, who kind of sets his stall out as he's going to play this kind of football, and in within like two or two and a half years, he's kind of his reputation's you know down the swanee. But I don't know what you think, Chris, about is is Moyes in that situation now? Is has the game moved on, and and Moyes can't address it because he's making comments about, well, I've done this for four hundred and fifty five hundred games, and it worked then, so I'm just going to keep, get my head down and keep doing it, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's hard to say, isn't it? You can't really look and say, oh, he's he's lost it or he's still got it either way. I mean, obviously you look at his success at Everton and it can't really be disputed the way he transformed Everton into a kind of... It, they were pushing for Europe every every year, you know what I mean? So, But managing a football club is just a case-by-case basis, isn't it? And, and everything's different and it's not necessarily a, a cut-and-paste format where you could take like a world-class manager and bring him into a football club and all of a sudden he's going to work wonders. It's it's not about that. It's about how you're willing to work with different members of staff at the football club. And, you know, we we probably know the football club better than anyone, but we don't know day-to-day who's doing what. And it's, you know, if you if you work anywhere and you don't get on with, with people you work with or, or you feel like your creative vision conflicts with theirs... Then it's then it's the same as that football team, isn't it? And if you turn up for training every day and, and you, you don't feel like it's work, and where do you draw the line? I know we've been soccer managers for for as long as I can remember, and it just seems like the only the only justification for not for not dismissing Moyes at the moment is is the fact that we can't keep soccer managers. If it was if it was any other manager and they performed this way, they'd be gone by now. And, I mean, and that's that's backed up by the fact that they have been gone by now. I mean, that's a thing, isn't it? It's almost. I don't know how you feel about this, Rory, but it's almost like the way I'm kind of feeling about it now. 
is that with Ellis Short still there, there's probably no point in sacking David Moyes. But if Ellis Short wasn't there and somebody else miraculously came in and bought the club and took over, would there be more justification for getting rid of David Moyes because David Moyes has wasted a lot of money that he was given? His comments about the substitutes at the weekend were so like woefully timed, which a lot of the stuff he seems to be saying, Arsenal won the game with players from the bench. So, well, your bench has six players on that you signed, <laughs> and you could, none of them can get in the team. What were the comments about the substitutes, by the well, way? Well, that's what he said. He said that Arsenal, was, Arsenal's was, bench won the game. So, well, your bench is full of your players, Yeah, he it? signed that you bench. He signed that yeah. bench. Yeah. That bench will win the game quite easy when they're allowed to... One player is allowed to make two touches relatively unchallenged as well yeah. by a mainly a player who he spent £8 million on and has came on to replace John O'Shea who yet again we're in the position of yeah. relying on O'Shea we can't wait for Larson to come back um, and it's just it is like you say with about Ellis Short if he after everything he said about David Moyes and he then sacks him is Short's position quite untenable as well after, but what can he do though I mean, what? I don't think it would make from, a difference now no, whether he I, gets rid of him. Um, I just mean, you know, I don't think Short's position becomes can become untenable because he, yeah, he's, he's the boss. The boss but but in a way, yes. it makes him a, a in, joke, in, though, doesn't yes. it? In terms of credibility, yes. it's not great. Having said, this is the fellow we've waited, I've wanted for the last yeah. five times, <clears> and here, here's a four-year contract, and this time, you know, it doesn't look good. At the same time, every single decision that Ellis Short has made has been about keeping Sunderland in the Premier yeah. League. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single one. I mean, that's been the be-all and end-all for the club. And, the, you know, in terms of progress and moving on, the club have suffered. So, but, again, it comes down to, the, it comes down to that, that same point. I mean, I was, I was really scared when Allardyce came to Sunderland, not because of his reputation and stuff, but because I'd seen, he, seen at Newcastle how bad the football was, how... It just didn't work. The fit was wrong. He was arrogant. I was really not looking forward to it. And it turned out to be the perfect fit. The style of football didn't matter in Sunderland's position because they were playing awful football and losing. So playing awful football and winning. But it wasn't awful football. It wasn't awful. No, it wasn't awful football. He had a brilliant window. He was much more relaxed as a fella. And he had a hinterland at Sunderland. The fit was perfect. And it, and, you know, it felt really good. There are moments when the fit does, does not work, for whatever the reason is. And I suppose I'm not really in a position to judge whether David Moyes is the right fit for Sunderland from a kind of supportive kind of point of view, but there's no evidence at the moment that it is the right fit. And that's the worrying thing, that having sort of gone all in on Moyes, if it doesn't work, it does feel what, as though, what happens yeah. next? I mean, it does feel happens? as though there's a bit of a compatibility issue at the moment. Yeah. That's what I would say. You, you yeah. get that feeling where there's... You just not you feeling as though he doesn't he's not getting it, and like I would I would have thought Moyes would to be fair, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know why that is. I mean, well, maybe we do. You know, I think the evidence is is plain to see in terms of there's there's probably little money there. I mean, the the towards the end of the window, you, you saw the deals we were trying to do, and we're so desperate to strengthen in certain positions, we didn't do it on deadline day. You know, going into the season with one striker. Um, yeah. And you know, you definitely could get a striker on deadline day, and we didn't do it. And and there's a you know, you, you start a question. Well, it's not a case of want; it's it's a case of just being unable to do that deal. And 
it, it, things aren't going to get better in that respect before January. So I think anyone who's thinking, oh well, you know, maybe January come along and do this, I haven't got any hopes for January in terms of actually doing any business. I, I can't see it happening because there's no evidence to suggest it will. Now, Moyes get uh, sorry, uh, Short's been criticised from the money aspect, not putting off him. Well, I think the situation is probably we we can't spend any more money because we're probably not allowed. I mean, the, mo the, the, the money. I mean, I, if you look at the squad, I would say there's a problem of investment there. But yeah. the, but the the problem with it is that the squad doesn't bring any money in. No. So not that I, you know, not that you want a team to sell their best players, but there's absolutely no ticking over whatsoever. So the money is just disappearing, and it means that it means that the managers, you know, not getting first choice first choice players, um, and there's no recycling. So. Every time you change your man, I mean, David Moyes should be allowed to make his own mistakes in the sense mm. that he has to be able to. If he if he doesn't think Kazri is good enough, then that's his then that's his opinion, and he has to be allowed to kind of go with that. For example, mm. but the problem is is if you have this constant churn, and managers are coming in every ten months, twelve months, thinking the people before are not good enough, then there's nothing to base. You know, there's no mm. there's no foundations to base the you know the kind of really brilliant thing about last January was that for once you saw Sunderland have a good window and it made you think that there was then something to build on there was suddenly it felt like there was a bit of value in the squad and then you know those three players Kone, Kazri and Kershaw are kind of a great example because Kershaw's not fit Kone tried to leave and I think he's been awful and Kazri's not, you know, clear, I don't think Moyes fancies Kazri, and you know, I thought he was abysmal on Saturday. I thought he did well. all right, Kazri, in the first half, but a lot of people were criticising him, so I guess I he, don't he know. seemed to divide. I like thought he did quite well. He was just trying to make things happen. Yeah. Um, I think that's where it can be. He gave, he gave the ball away. He gave the ball away t two or three times sort of on the edge of his own area. I mean, I'm, but. Anyway, I mean, yes, that's. I mean, but I think those three players who were who were suddenly seen as. Hope, you know, the cause mm. of hope, and now the absolute I mean, who, op op opposite. And the squad's gone backwards. They've lost. They've lost. Lost Yedlin. We were talking about this, Gareth, on uh, yeah. the weekend. They've lost Yedlin. The right backs there are, not, are no better than mm. that. They've lost Mvila, who was one of the certainly the most consistent player in the squad. Could have got him, and um, it, you know, it's the, the the club has gone backwards again. And that that's the the thing, you look at what he's replaced, what he's thought, well, I can fill those positions, those players going out, I'm gonna improve the pl yeah. players. And he, what he said is I'm gonna not sign Yedlin, I'm gonna sign Mankeo. I'm gonna let Kabul go and bring in Jilabodji. Or sort to be yeah, fair, Kabul. actually that happened the, the other way around, to be fair. Kabul went after yeah. he brought Jilabodji in. Um I'm gonna bring in McNair and not sign um Yanam Via, which I can't even begin. But the, I mean, the, if the reasoning, if the reasoning process. there, if the reasoning there was this fellow's out of contract, nearly, we're not going to spend. I can't remember how much it was. What was it? Six million quid. They're asking for six million quid, seven million quid, whatever, and he's out of contract. This is ludicrous. I can understand that reasoning. But then, if you go and spend money on somebody who is less good, it makes yeah. no sense at yeah. all. And it's never going to be as good. I mean, no. let's be no. honest. No. You know, you've got a player like Envia who, you know, when the only reason is at Sunderland is because. He had all the potential, and and, and when it went arrived for whatever reason, off the pitch, um, and he looked like he, you know, he'd really 
found a place at Sunderland. And yeah. Then you, you look at someone like we brought in McNair, and it's almost the other way around. It's like, well, he could be good, but he isn't at the moment. Yeah. Let's spend five million quid. Um, and there you go. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of why I, f- I find it hard to sympathise with Moyes on the injury situation as well. Like obviously losing players like Kirchhoff, who, even though it wasn't in particularly good form, and Catamol obviously as well, and Barini. Yes, they have been injured, but we all knew going into that transfer window there was a good eleven, a good well, starting eleven. There. The, the point, of the, sorry, to cut in, but the, the point about out of form, right? Kirchhoff out of form to start the season. Yeah, he, he'd, he'd been injured, but he hadn't played a lot of football before he, he played. Oh no, 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 he was unfit. Kazri out of form, dropped for whatever reason. Why has that happened? Why are these players who were obviously on a high on the back end of the last season? Yeah, Allardyce has gone, it's a shame, but managers change all the time in football, it's part and parcel. Why are those players all of a sudden Not totally. yeah. out of form? And something obviously that he, yeah, he does have to share the blame for, yeah. but we, we needed to add depth in that summer, and you find it hard to sympathise with Moyes when the depth is so obviously not there that all his signings are on the bench, and then mm. the one or two that he does start... Don't look good enough, and, and and Dong probably the closest to looking good enough, and even that. Well, that's the thing. Isn't, Dong isn't really, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and Dong and McNair cost eighteen million pounds between them. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, if, and if you're buying them for potential, like we're, we're not in a position where no, we're going to be buying players for potential. We not need players. We need players like twenty eight, twenty nine, who might have had a good go in the championship and 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 feel like they've they've got that experience to be able to to push up to the next level. I'd rather have a grafter in midfield than. Than a potential player like mm. McNair, you know what I mean? We can't, we can't be messing around with players like that. I mean, and of the two Moyes signings who did start, and each would be thirty-four free transfer, and then you've got, you know, they're still relying on O'Shea as we talked before, who's what thirty-four as well. Mm-hmm. Really? I think he's, I think he's about thirty-six, isn't he, John? Thirty-six, O'Shea? and and Defoe, obviously, thirty-four, incredibly valuable, but yeah. you know, but not getting. That. I mean, so I was saying like half, sort of to talk about the game a little bit, I guess. <laughs> To, you know the oh god. Yeah. <laughs> so like I was thinking, it was actually before Watmore um, did something um, and ended up getting the penalty, which I thought was quite funny in a way because it was like peak Watmore. It was like yeah. he overran the ball, yeah, and then like, was didn't terrible, know, and then didn't know when to didn't know when to release yeah. it. It's like <laughs> yeah. all right, got stuck under his feet and then managed to win a penalty. But uh, yeah. six touches in the box apparently as well. I'd read somewhere on Saturday for Sunderland. Good effort, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so only f- two more than. Goal scored by us, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I can't even remember what the point was about the game. Yeah, so yeah, before that, what more did something there? I was thinking, why doesn't he just drop drop Rodwell in the centre half and go three at the back, and maybe get Kazri or Yanazai or what more in behind, um, and put an Ichibi on and, and have him in behind the front two, and just. You know, he said before sometimes I'm not telling the players to lump the ball forward. It's like a nervous thing, or or they can't, and they they're forced into a situation where they're trying to go along and look for that long pass. And there's no point anyway because if Defoe's on the pitch, he's isolated. And he's you know he can hold it sometimes, but even when he gets it down, it's it's going to take time to get players involved. Why not go to a situation where you're going right? Well, the players are going to look to go along. You know, bring an each to be on. You've got an outlet, a target. Get bodies around them. Get a couple of bodies around them. And Which like when you saw how isolated Defoe was, yeah. as well, he needed some close. And we're, well, we're losing the game too often. We're losing games, and we just decide, well, we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> and it's like getting a 60, 65, 70, 75 minutes, and you're losing, and it's not no changes are happening. 
And the one time he did change it when we were losing against West we Brom, West Brom yeah. was quite positive, and that was at three at the back. And some injuries, yes, did dictate that he couldn't do that for the next game. Yeah. But you still, especially when he does say that, you were saying before, Chris, about I've done this for 400, 500 games and it's, and it's worked before, so why not now? And then that does make you think, are you a bit of yesterday's man then? Yeah. If, if, if you're so, not that you can't adapt, but you're so unwilling to adapt and change things and acknowledge mm. this has gone wrong. Like We're talking about Watmore. Watmore playing out wide just looks hung out with dry mm. every week. You saw Arsenal obviously battered us down our left-hand side, especially in the first half. I don't think that's as much as Van Arnold. I think yeah. that's because Watmore... Doesn't do looks out of place off the ball trying to defend there. It's not his game. He's not going to bring the ball out for you. He's a striker. What more? Exactly. And he actually wins the penalty by when he's through the middle because yeah. he picks. Uh, I think Mustafi it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he knocked, picks his pocket. Off him, didn't he? Yeah. I think you've got to have what more playing off the shoulder of, like of the attacks, like yeah, where Defoe's playing because he's he's no use on the wing. Like he's not intelligent enough to to make the right run mm. so or, or even pass the ball. He can't pass the no, ball. Like no. what's what's his game? You know what I mean? Like, he can't run run with it. I mean. They need to cut the you grass thing at the stadium alive because the ball's behind him every time he's trying to run with it. He's quick and he can finish, so it's like you say, you want yeah, him playing off the striker. shoulder. I mean, he's always been a striker, but I mean, if you think, looking at Duncan, look, to be fair to him, if you're looking at Duncan, what more to be the answer? Oh, no, not saying know, that. But, just, but it's true, isn't it? If yeah, you're it looking is. at what more to be the answer, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's not fair on him, you know, because he, he ain't good enough to be the answer at the moment. None. And, he, you know, there's people in that squad who should be stepping up. I mean, Moyes needs to get the best out of the be- better, more out of the players that he's got at his disposal at the moment. Regardless of injuries, he's not doing it. The good mm. players that he's got at his disposal aren't performing. You look at people like Yanazai, who he loves. Yeah, you know, he can't, I'm not blaming him, but he came on the weekend and we no, conceded dead, three no goals. goals yeah. Yeah. It was actually, that was actually sort of an, quite an attacking yeah. substitution. Yeah, really attacking substitution. And, and then when he, he came on, I thought, wow, he's taking a real risk there because obviously if you bring Yanazai on, you're effectively playing with, with ten men, you know what I mean? Because yeah. because he, he's never going to get yeah. back. I mean, he he needs to play. Really, I mean, the thing is, if you play three at the back as well, people like Yanazai become become an extra man in in an attacking area because you've got enough you've got enough cover with three at the back if you play two. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Midfielders and you can afford to have someone floating in front because you can always have one drop in. Um, if, if the fullback goes on, you know, I, I just think three at the back, and said it many a time, gives you so much. It gives you an extra man in every situation um, if you play it properly. Um, and, you know, three at the back would give someone like Yanis might make him more effective if you just say to him, well, yeah, you know, we know you're not going to do this. But 
something. Yeah. I mean, it feels that we're at the point where something has to happen. Yeah. I mean, some, there has to be movement of some mm -hmm. sort in some way, shape, or form. Now, whether that's something drastic that we talked about at the start, you know, whether that's a managerial mm -hmm. thing, or whether it's a team formation mm -hmm. thing, or it's about has to something has to mm. change because it's not I mean this patently is not working and it's a weird thing that someone like Anicha Bier again with yeah he's been unfit but when he's been available on the bench he seems very reluctant to put him on mm -hmm. in games we've been losing or in most cases losing and then some occasionally still in the game like West, West Ham, Ham definitely, the prime yeah. example where instead of chucking a and each should be on and giving yourself an outlet. And Don't say two right backs again. I can't well, even yeah, better no. hear two right backs but, again. But, but given on Halloween of all days. Yeah, no. um, yeah it's just, you know, the, the decision making is. Oh, I don't know, it's just unusual. It's so unusual. And then, you know, to come out after the games and start saying stuff like, you know, with the guys that are trying the hardest and all that, and you're like, oh, yeah. dear me, it's not. So primary school football, is, Premier League. Is this? I mean, what is? Th this what is the point? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, <laughs> what is the point of Sunderland? In, in, and I don't yeah. mean that. Yeah. Cru I mean, it's almost reached that stage where you have to sort of argue that. I mean, is it all about being in the Premier League? Hmm. And if it is, why? Is it about being in the Premier League just so that you can stay up next season? And so, because that's what it is at the minute. Hmm. And isn't there more to it than that? Isn't there more to football than that? And you know, I think, I think yes and no. I think isn't it? It's a case of if you're in the Premier League and progressing, and the, you spend the big money on the right players, and then they improve your team, and then you get some resale on some of the ones when they move on to bigger sides, and then you replace them with other players of similar standard, and the cycle continues, and you progress. But which, by the way, is exactly what David Moyes has talked about. But we don't do we don't, we haven't done that in the past, and the problem is we're now again sort of well treading water in the North Sea really it's you know that that's the problem I mean when we, we can't we're, we're so far past that point you know we're, we're trying to do that now but with less money with more financial restrictions in terms of the wages and with a squad of less quality on the whole with a couple of quality players whereas back in the you know in the past maybe I mean even if you go back as far as people like Bruce even like Keane, when he brought certain players in, you know, you could say that on balance there was some good quality in the squad, um, but there's not enough quality, um, and there's too many players that are very average who we can't really do anything with. I suppose because you've got to get, you got to win games, you've got to win games to to attract, to firstly, to you know, be in the Premier League and and, and attract players to come to your team, yeah. and we don't win games so. It's that thing of not being able to have your cake and eat it, is it? You want to see the, your team competing at the highest level. Mm. And that's like what you're saying, George. It's, yeah. it's every decision Alice Short has made is, is to keep Sunderland at the highest level. But you also don't want to feel disillusioned. You don't want to be in this cycle of constantly fighting relegation. And you want to feel a connection with the team and the, the, the manager, the players in some way. Which, which we did have last season. and we, had, yeah. we, we, we got a little bit of that under Poirier with the cup final and everything. But... Does it need a? Does it need to be cleansed? Does it need to be? And we've said it on being like you're saying three and a half years of doing this show, relegation is never a good thing. But look at Newcastle at the minute, who totally different. It is totally different. It is totally different, but it's also not totally different in the sense that 
they had gone to the well too many times and it was you know but they have 100 million to spend in the championship and 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 that yeah and we aren't going to have it's, that it's no, no. it's it's fasc- it's fascinating how there was one place separating the two teams at the end of last season and there's one place separating the two teams now <laughs> and the mood at both i mean it's you know it's extraordinary they went down with momentum you can argue because of benitez and then yeah. benitez staying and the the transfer policy there was a colossal cock up but and it was a big reason for why they went down because they didn't build a team but conversely the transfer policy is the reason why they've made such yeah, a big profit absolutely. In, in the in the tran- they've, almost, they've, they've spent yeah. a ton of money and they've made a profit and it's, you know, it's just bizarre if, 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 if you could if you could wish the perfect relegation on Sunderland I would wish it because um and at the moment Newcastle feels like quote unquote the perfect relegation yeah. that's a long way to go but they're winning games of football there's the reminder that it's not all about the Premier League, which is something I can't, I can't stand, the, the, the sort of myth of the Premier League. And I realise how important it is. I know it's, that's where you want to be playing, theoretically, and all that. But that there's not life outside yeah, it. You're, and you're actually, right. and this, this the thing I've sort of talked a bit about sort of today on Twitter when we were discussing the show and all that yeah. kind of stuff, why is losing to West Brom and Stoke and Middlesbrough better than beating Brentford and Burton mm-hmm. and... Derby and what you know, there is a there comes a point where you have to start seeing your football team win is just a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice thing. It's enjoying going to the game. And it's about totally. enjoying going to the game. Now you want that to be in the Premier League, but and of course I'm completely aware of how devastating it would be for the city and for the region and for all that kind of thing by going down and people will lose their jobs. It's not the same situation as at Newcastle I know but it does feel like it needs flushing out and starting again and I I don't know how that happens I just think it would like if we went down which we, we I think you know not, I can't see any way of getting out of this um, but it, I, I'd worry I worry about you know that expectation it's almost like because again going back to Newcastle but because of what we see in close quarters the pressure to emulate that yeah Will is going to be there, and mm-hmm. it, it won't be possible. And, and Middlesbrough will, were down. Middlesbrough yeah. went down, and we're down for yeah. six years. It, w- it, it was, won't be it possible. Awful, it won't know. be possible to emulate what Newcastle have done because we won't have a hundred million pounds to spend on two teams worth of, of players, and they've got two teams in a very tough league. So they and players who are far too good for that level, so they'll just drop drop in, draw people like Perez. You know, do, who doesn't get a start? Who I was thinking a few years ago, well, Perez might end up somewhere like Tottenham or something, or Arsenal somewhere like that. You know, now he's playing the championship and he can't get a start every week because they, they rotate the team because they've got all those players. Sunderland are going to find themselves in a situation where we're not going to have we're not going to have the resources to to do that, and then it's a case of scrapping around for players to build a functional side um, to try and get promoted again. And there's a lot of functional sides in the championship and. It's it's not easy if you're a functional team. You've got to be head and shoulders and have you know quality to win games. And it would be a worry to me that yeah, we wouldn't yeah, have that. Yeah. And we if it, if we ended up stagnating or even, even floating worse, around yeah. the bottom, yeah. Imagine go and seen it. Yeah. Wolves yeah. have done it. Yeah, Leeds have done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Teams dropping into the league one. It can happen. Does it feel worse now? Because this time a year ago, Sunderland. What is it now? It's two points from ten. This time a year ago, it was three points from nine. I think I'm right in saying. 
honest. I think it was probably a bit Didn't further work. on. I'm not sure. Who did we beat? We beat Newcastle at the end of October. Yeah, but that was the t- I think that was the tenth game. So it was six from ten. So, but it was but it was three from nine, which isn't much worse than and. But of course, but they won the tenth game. And and but what happened? Dick Avlakat left. Yeah. I think for so. for me for last year, I think the way I felt this time last year was the change of manager could sort it out, which I don't feel like they could now, because last year I think the squad was better, and then when Aldice came in, obviously this is going further ahead, but you know the, the win away to Crystal Palace last season, the win at home at Stoke last season, I don't think this team could do something like that, and then obviously you have January with that new manager as well. I don't think a January window or some decent players coming back to fitness is going to be enough for either David Moyes or if David mm. Moyes does get sacked after isn't going, he isn't going to now but possibly after the Bournemouth and Hull games they feel like big games yeah something a, else, something a, else a, a, a minimum of four points in them and you at least and you would think even after everything short said he, he wouldn't Hull are awful I mean yeah. that, that game I mean I know I hate talking about things like must win games but I mean Hull are terrible that, I mean, that, 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 Sunderland have to win the next two games and I think, and Bournemouth, it'll be a very tough game. They annihilated yeah. Hull, who were a you know disorganised team of you know an, an injury ravaged squad with no real direction. And you look at our squad, we're very similar. Yeah. You know, it it's not going to be an easy. I mean, no. We found out last season they they're a very good, well drilled side with you know much greater than the sum of the parts. I mean, if if that if their centre midfield were playing in red and white, would have one point, never mind two points. <laughs> after you know, the but they've w- even got someone in the middle of that, like Jack Wilshire, haven't they, to rely yeah. on, as well as them two players like that. And, but didn't and, have them last season. No, but didn't have him th- last season. They've got a manager who's who is the opposite of Moyes, who yeah. is quite. I, I was, we were talking about this on Saturday, weren't we? We basically said the the, the antithesis. Is yeah, like totally. Small small nine thousand seat stadium. You know, have been in the lower leagues. Have kind of come up, progressed. You know they're spending money on some players, but generally they're not big names yet. They're organised, and they, you know they've got a manager who's been there a long time who's won games, and it, it, and and they're, they're they're massively overachieving. Yeah. I mean, how long they can sustain it? You know, will they be in the Premier League for ten years like some of them have been? Well, if they're clever, I mean, but then the. But like, well, well, what's, but, the, what's the end? What's the point? Like, then after ten years and you've done nothing, <clears throat> to see team after team come up and you know eclipse Sunderland well, that's, every that's, season that's and get real, into that's, Europe that's, and that do is things. My, that is the thing that. What's makes, the point? That's the thing that makes me yeah. most angry about Sunderland. Is that this is a magnificent historic institution? It's an absolute beacon for the city. It's a beacon for the region, for the northeast. You know, Christ Almighty! There was a history of of real meaning, and the ten years in the Premier League, and this is a kind of exaggeration. You know, this is a generalisation. What what footprint is there from that? What you know, if you asked somebody in London what Sunderland as a football club has meant in the last ten years, what would you, what would they say? Yeah. We've done the exact minimum that we yeah, could have done. Yeah, and and it, it has been been about. Staying up for staying up, and yeah. obviously the miracles and stuff like that. What the cup final was a, you know, that's the most emotional I've felt about a game of football for years, and it was because it was this incredible, absolute reminder of what the game mm. should be about. This wonderful northeast occasion, families and friends, people together, uh, and a sense of community and history and why they would do this. Put up the crap was that kind of 
experience, and there's not been enough of it. It's no. it's why 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 stay up just so that you can get beat off Stoke? Again? Do you know what's funny about that? Going back to that cup final as well, and you you know Man City fans who were uh, probably in a similar situation to Sunderland fans ten years ago, they yeah. got relegated to the yeah. to League One as it as it yeah. is now. And they won. They'd won that cup final, and there was Man City fans walking away from that game, yeah. looking like just another they'd trophy. Lost. Just another trophy. And there were Sunderland fans, you know, proud, you know, that they'd <laughs> participated in that occasion, yeah. and yeah. you know, may, maybe the the crap is a good thing in a way because you appreciate the the you know the scraps off the table well, a I bit more yes, regularly. And but, the, and you the, know, we don't want to eat uh, too much crap. <laughs> <laughs> This is not an analogy that should, but yeah. the, the, yes, I think I think the the, the contrast there was so incredible. I mean, because there was that debate, wasn't there? That happens with all those things. What's the priority? Is it staying up? Is it the cup final? And you have that debate, yeah. and it does my head in. But then suddenly, when you got three, four days out from that game, you realised, yeah. you know, this is That's this a, is what it's about. It's the not about winning. At Old Trafford was yeah. Yeah. just one of the best. It's one yeah. of the best nights of my life, without doubt. It was unbelievable, and I'll never ever forget that night. I mean, probably more so than the cup final. You know that definitely. When when Bardi scored that goal, I mean, I remember that more than the the penalty save because I couldn't watch the penalties. I stood yeah. turned around <laughs> facing the ground. Yeah, I've never experienced anything yeah. like that. Semi-final, just I mean, it was peak Sunderland wanted to concede yeah. like that goal straight after scoring. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to win the penalty shootout was like Sunderland don't win penalty shootouts and yeah, yeah. It but was the, just to be in you London, know, unbelievable. To be in London for that weekend yeah. was yeah, just the, the, the such, Saturday night perform. Yeah. It was incredible. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But you go from that to the absolute apathy now. People aren't even angry at the minute. I, I, I admittedly wasn't angry. I mean, to lose that cup game at the other night as well against Southampton, against Southampton reserve team, and we put out essentially what a side we put out in the Premier League and we couldn't yeah, beat yeah, them. It wasn't a weekend sign at all really no. from us wasn't it I mean it? we put he should be played he did alright actually to be fair but, yeah. um, and the, but that's a funny thing a player plays in the week does well yeah. but he doesn't try and accommodate them he drops them and puts the four back in and just goes to back to what they've been doing well, which has seen him get two Mac points from ten did the exact same but it's funny Mac. actually I think Paul Merson said um, we shouldn't sack Sunderland shouldn't sack Moyes because um, Marine, because even Jose Mourinho couldn't keep Sunderland up but the funny thing was that Mourinho and Moyes have a pretty much an identical record at Man United after the same amount of games. So should they sack Mourinho now because it's going to go the same way as Moyes? Couldn't work that one out. But uh, we actually did a poll. I'm going to try and close things up a bit actually because uh, we've gone on for ages. Um, and we need to do that thing for. Roll this is so life threatening. I don't want it to ever stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think well, 69 at, at the end of the poll, we did a poll the other week saying should Moyes be sacked. 55% was the total last week. 69% this week um, said he should be sacked, and the other 31% was split between back him 100% and, and give him more time. I think it was about 13% was back him 100%, and the rest of it, whatever it was. Trying to work out eighteen percent, I think. Yeah, eighteen percent would have been the uh, look at those masks. Eighteen mm, um, percent would have you. been uh, <laughs> the, um, the 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 given more time. So it is changing. Um, but yeah, I think you know. To be fair, after a result like that at the weekend, I think more games that a lot that he loses. I think the 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 this it's going to get a stronger feeling for him to to be that's, that's, the whole game could be is Bruce versus Wigan yeah. Mormon couldn't it that that could be I've talked about how it's apathetic at the minute but that's when it could turn yeah I, I, I had exactly that conversation with someone today I think I think apathy 
if you bring Mohamed off Arsenal is one thing, but yeah. the, I think there may still be anger in the cycle somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, obviously don't want us to lose that game, but if we do, that is interesting to see what the supporters then do. Does that, I'm not saying let's get the bed sheets out and protest and stuff, but mm. does that like galvanise the support into, into doing I do, something? I do feel as though the, t- the time has come for, I mean I wrote that in the Echo piece today, time has come for a change. Um, I think that Ellis Short needs to actively look to sell Sunderland and he needs to come out and say I am looking to sell Sunderland. Yeah, and that 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 lack of that lack of sort of yeah. leadership at the top there is, I mean I think Martin Bain it sounds like they're doing very interesting things off the pitch, they're trying to engage with people, that's very laudable but that's not where the decision lies and um, yeah, from what I've been told he is, you know, he is still actively looking to but sell. But I think he needs to come but, out and say well, I am and tell people that he is because the, I think there comes a time where and it, it's probably, we've probably reached that point where, and we've seen it over the years where it gets to about 8 to 12 years there's usually a, a change at the top, and that's what we've seen. It was about eight, ten years ago when we got short in, and before that we had Drummerville, and then before that it was Murray, and before that it was whoever. So, but anyway, the couple of questions to finish off, just to lighten the mood. Um, Darren Elliott asks, at what temperature does water go from tepid to warm? Any answers to that? Tepid to, tepid to warm. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, that's the same thing. Better one here from Tom Can't Fly says instant. 43, de- 43 degrees. 43 degrees. I don't know whether that's Fahrenheit or centigrade. Said instant it's food with quotation marks. I don't get it. I can open a can and it's there instantly. But instant custard is a powder that requires instructions. An interesting. I mean, yeah. I guess if you eat the powder raw. That's still instant food. In, still a, in, instant. A, in a way. Everything is technically that. instant food yeah. if you eat it <laughs> yeah. instantly. Instant coffee. Yeah. Does instant, does, does, instant it, does instant only work if it's something to be a drink, a liquid? Mm, but mm. then, like, Mr Bean made it in his mouth, didn't he, in that episode, that I time where he poured the water in and swilled the coffee around, maybe. I mean, it's not instant. A pot noodle isn't instant because you then have to stir it and then wait. Mm. Yeah, you do, yeah. Who knows? Good, good point, George. Thank you. <laughs> well, possibly the best point. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Morrow asks, which characters from the bill did the walk away during the end credits? I'm going, Tosh must have been, although the legs were quite long, weren't they, and he was quite short, chap, Tosh. It's still a real interesting turn, this podcast. Yeah. No. <coughs> I don't know, any, I can't, all I can remember is him. I wonder if viewers of The Bill felt apathetic when that was coming to an end as well. Maybe that's why I asked <laughs> if The Bill out. Or John Ridley asked, or our portion sizes of confectionery despite... I think he's done something. I think he says, you think he means... Are portion sizes of confectionery decreasing despite rising purchase prices? Yes. Wagon wheels used to be massive. <laughs> <laughs> they are horrible wagon wheels. No, they're, no, they're not. Uh, they are, not it tastes wheels, like so really odd. Well, no. It's not like, they've got like a salty taste behind them, haven't they? Well, so that's that's I think they've got like a yeah. cheesy sort like of taste. Sweet and salty salted caramel yeah, wagon yeah. wheel. Yeah. Salted caramel. Yeah. The final one, Eddie Clark asks, do they still do pickled onion flavour crisps up north? Yes. They definitely do, yes. Yeah, they definitely definitely do one, of my fav- yeah. one of my favourites. Get it together, man. Good. Yeah. Get yourself a bag of crisps. Yeah. Get yourself crisps. a bag of crisps. Get yourself a bag of crisps, <laughs> lad. And, um, fi- and finally, before we do record the hashtag exclusive content on Rotor Report, that'll be available tomorrow. Um... The live show in Manchester is only less than two weeks away, ten days' time, um, at the King's Arms Ale House in Salford. Tickets are still available online, £10 each, not many left. Um, you can get them from, from via our website or, or the ALS website. 
Um, Gary Bennett, Nick Barnes doing a bit. Nick Barnes is actually going to be signing copies of his uh, lovely little, I call it a book, but it's more like... It's gorgeous. A, Absolutely little, gorgeous. It is a lovely a collection, little, a collection of his works, which is, um, if you're a bit of a football geek, even if you don't support Sunderland, I don't know why you'd want to come to a live podcast if you don't support Sunderland and buy that book, or why you'd be listening to this podcast if you don't support Sunderland. Move on. But yeah, um, <laughs> you can, yeah, you can get that signed, and uh, it'll be a canny night. Um, we're really looking forward to it. Um, we actually did a live show in London. Well, if we don't win, we'll have done a live show in London and one in Manchester. <laughs> Before Sunderland have won a game in the Premier League, which is quite impressive. And then if really. you the we, are more, we work during the week and we've organised two shows nationwide. Even if you include the one in May in Sunderland as well, that's only yeah. one win. There's only one win because <laughs> it was after the Chelsea game, wasn't it? So yeah, it's, uh, it's good, isn't it? So yes, you can get them and you also get them from the branch as well, Manchester branch. Um, we've got some tickets um, and they run some competitions as well, so keep an eye out for that this week. But yeah, you can go to them and you can get some physical tickets. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see you there. But um, thanks for listening, Stephen. We should be back next week. Um, and tune in to Rogue Report tomorrow for the exclusive content that we're going to record now. So thank you for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.